0: It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley.
1: I want to welcome today one of my all-time favorite Centricity members, along with every other Centricity member, Tyler, and that would be Tyler Zalucky. Tyler is a healthcare consultant with the Tryon Group, which is part of March and McLennan and they're an employee benefits provider based in one of my favorite cities, Conshohocken, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Philadelphia. Tyler, welcome, welcome.
2: Thank you for having me, Jay.
1: All right, it's great to have you. Now, Tyler, I've been around the block for a while now, and every company that I know of any size has what they call an EAP program, Employee Assistance Program. Great in concept. I have struggled to find one that I thought was effective in its implementation. I know you have a lot to say on this topic. So Tyler, what are people getting wrong about EAP programs?
2: Jay, I hear that a lot. And what we'll say and what we're seeing is the majority of employers, they're touting or they have an employee assistance program. What's recently come to light is they're largely ineffective at fully addressing mental health recovery.
1: So Tyler, what makes them so ineffective?
2: So uh, I think it's better to work through story and the patient experience, right? When we think about insurance, we think of programs and it just thinks it's out there, right? So uh, let's take you through the typical experience of someone that utilizes your EAP. Let's say, Jay, you are the prospective employer on the employee, use the AP, I call them up. Okay, call them up, the average wait time. So first and foremost, I'm gonna get a list of providers that accept my insurance. So now I am stuck with how do I know, based upon what I have, depression, anxiety, bipolar, whatever it may be, substance abuse, how am I triaging myself to be put in the best scenario? I don't know if they have experience in that. Second part of that, the average wait time, Jay, 21 days. So I could be having this specific ailment and triggered to get help. And then I'm not even sniffing anyone for 21 days later.
1: And Tyler, I mean, that's unbelievable. In 21 days, you know, you could be in a much worse place with the recovery required being 10 times more difficult. But tell me once that 21 day passes and they get into the EAP program, How well taken care would someone like me be?
2: So here's the thing. You are in the EAP program, meaning they're vetting providers for you that accept your insurance. They also participate in your specific EAP. Right. The EAP program doesn't want you to utilize. Right. They're not incentivized. They don't get paid more. They get paid a lump sum. So they're not marketing it to you. They're not trying to get push you through this headway. So let's say you do get access. The typical plan structure is you get three to five visits, and then you're paying for it on your own. So it, depending on your plan, if you have a high deductible health plan, this could be an additional $150 to $300 a week, which is unpalatable for most Americans.
1: And I'm guessing, Tyler, that three to five visits for your typical condition that would cause an employee to want to use the EAP program, isn't going to get it done.
2: Absolutely not. It is only you're still at the initial stages of addressing what is physically and mentally wrong and where you would need more support and what to work through. So we haven't even got to the, the middle of the meet where you're seeing meaningful changes in your everyday life.
1: So given how utterly ineffective, Tyler, it seems like these EAP programs are, how should companies be thinking about this issue?
2: Companies should be thinking about it as far as you cannot solely rely on the EAP to get it done. So you need to come to terms with that fact. Instead of just trying to market it and get it in front of them, you have to understand that this is just a piece of the pie, okay? And then and in, in fundamentally, you want to look at two, two things right away. You want to look at a geo-access report. A geo-access report essentially says based on my zip code in my house, do I have a provider 15 minutes away that can treat me for what I do? The second step, and this is what's most sorely missed, going back to the point about the 21 days, accessibility. Mm. So they're all accepting the CAP. There's a, a lot of providers. You're competing for time, okay? So you need to run an analysis to see, can they accept patients? Or are you on a six-month waiting list? Or are you going to get those three visits and then have to deal with, rescheduling. So that's the second part of the analysis that you need to do when you're reviewing a third-party solution or looking at your health insurance program reimbursement levels to allow allow for more accessibility.
1: And Tyler, what do you do about this three to five visit limitation?
2: So it can remain. It can certainly remain. And I've seen it both ways. You can fully subsidize it, meaning you can change the payment level and make it a copay level. You can make it so that there's a whole nother program alongside similar to any AP that latches on to your health insurance plan and it's at an affordable rate, right? So the employer is saying by going and utilizing this program, they get the data in the aggregate. And now the employee or their family member, they have a qualified, it's affordable, it's accessible, and the program vets the providers. So they actually will look at, are you, is your condition being managed appropriately? And then more so, are you becoming more productive? Are you being able to challenge your life? Because a big part of the mental health problem is presenteeism and productivity. So 62% of disability claims are attributable to mental health.
1: So Tyler, I'm sure many of our listeners who have their own company or in an executive HR role are thinking, sounds like an expansion of an EAP program is going to increase my cost and really do nothing more for me except cause me to pay out more money. So talk to me about the fuller range of benefits. And I don't mean that in terms of the HR benefits, but from an employer standpoint, what are they going to gain by making this investment in a more effective EAP program?
2: Yeah, so let's talk about the return on investment, because that's really what it is. It's no longer an operating expense, because right now, today, that's what the business owner is interpreting it as. I get more costs. This is a significant issue impacting my employees by influencing the way your employees and their family members interact and access care. There's actually studies to suggest you get a three to one return on your dollars, And the way to think about it in terms of your savings, it's going to come in buckets. So there's going to be a health claims bucket, the claims within that specific category, and the comorbidities, meaning the physical health attribution that you can connect to mental health, that's both going to decrease. And now, as I mentioned, your 62% of your claims are due to mental health causes, your life and disability bucket is now going to decrease. So now you have two hard claim categories where you can physically track it and measure it over time and see how you're improving. And then there's the soft costs of you're more productive at work. So unless you, you can meaningfully interact and track if you do productivity. So if you're a manufacturer, you can look at the line, see how many days off. Again, that's another balance sheet item that you can physically track. And now it's an asset that you're improving as opposed to an operating expense.
1: Tyler, you know, I really like how you're thinking about really quantifying those benefits, not just doing arm waving, but putting on the green eye shade and tracking numbers. Three to one return, thats should be a no brainer to people on something that also from an emotional standpoint, allows you to really touch and improve the lives of your workforce while benefiting yourself so given such a impe- compelling case what is it that employers should be doing to make this kind of change in their eap program
2: yeah i think that when when you're considering this change you need to understand what's underneath the hood and what's underneath the hood is your demographics so your demographics typically have commonalities in their need sets so based upon your demographics and then the claims which are reported by your insurance carrier that can give you the business case to support, okay, I need to make a more meaningful investment. Because on its face, I think what we've come to realize and term, term with today is EAPs are effective, right? So how much could I gain by making this investment in your employees? And you need to look within. So who's covered? What are the costs, the pharmacy costs and medical costs? And then, like I said, you can save on your life and disability avenue. So look at that. Look at your look at your loss runs, meaning your disability claims over the past year, over the past three years. Is there any historical trends that now, okay, this is an avenue that we could radically improve.
1: So Tyler, after I do all the analytical work and put the business case together, am I now needing to work with my insurance providers and brokers? Do I go out and have to find dedicated, EAP providers, they're going to be forward thinking enough to work with me on this type of a more customized approach. How do I handle the post analysis phase?
2: The post analysis phase, once you've substantiated that there's a there's meat on the bone, there's a business case here, you need to utilize a consultant. Okay. You cannot utilize, you can't utilize the insurance company and you certainly cannot use an EAP provider. Because if they they could fix it, they would have fixed it themselves, right? So you need to look at a third-party professional that can adequately look at your investment as far as here's the things you need to check the box. Business case, now you need to make sure that they can do that accessibility analysis and that geo-access report. And you need to look at their quality metrics. So how do they get into whatever network of... providers that they're utilizing how do they get in and how do they maintain and what reporting do you get back to make sure that they're doing the right things to make sure that your employees and their family members are productive and their quality of life is improved and they're making meaningful adjustments because that's the biggest thing you need that consultant to make sure that you're partnering with a provider that can do all this. Because if you make this investment again and they don't have this in a row, you're basically operating under an empty assumption that they're doing the right things, right? Sounds like an EAP. So you really need to look at that piece and put in performance guarantees in that whatever RFP or however you do procurement. Typically, we put in some performance guarantees to make sure that you can measure to that. Tyler,
1: one of the things that I'm struck listening to you is that EAP is probably close, if not at the top of the list, of HR benefits that I think historically have been tick the box, and people have completely missed the incredible ROI that's associated with doing it right. And what's also clear to me is there is a really methodical approach and process you take, and you're not just guessing, you're not just saying... I'm going to be the good guy. There's solid business case and a very clear way of implementing this type of an approach. And I would just encourage my listeners that, given the value at which it's taken here, you'll you'll find a uh, few people that are better than Tyler to reach out to and continue this discussion. Which Tyler is a really nice segue. You know, let's talk about you for a few moments. Tell me, as part of Tryon. What are the things that you help your clients with? What are those issues and pain points that you address as an employee benefits consultant?
2: Yeah, no, I think that there's been an evolution. So a lot of the professionals that I help, they're CHROs, HR directors, and chief financial officers. A lot of times, HR holds the umbrella of employee benefits, and there was a major evolution in that. Throughout this new normal, they're dealing with new CDC guidance, they're dealing with new OSHA prevention and regulations. People are were afraid of physical health, and then there's the mental health aspect. So this influx of needs created more responsibility from the human resources or chief people operations of how to support those needs, right? So it's it's very hard for them to deliver that support. So that's that's one of their chief issues in dealing with employee burnout and exhaustion, in which you could fundamentally look at try out or any any good consultant would fundamentally look at your communication strategy, and then also the warning signs of burnout and what you can do to deliver on not just the physical health, but all the components of well being. And then and make, make it so that there's streamlined support for the human resources professional. Because it's impossible to get right when you're doing it alone. But if you have the key components to understand and also meaningfully communicate, you're a lot more effective. And Tyler,
1: I don't want to miss the obvious point here. But would you also help them pick the right insurance carriers, design the right health insurance plans so that they are adding sort of the most value and having the most impact on their employees' health and well-being.
2: Yeah, I, that that's always the starting point, right? So health plan and 401K are the most touted in terms of, of this is why you stick with a job or this is why you would leave a job due to the affordability of that. So that is what I refer to as blocking and tackling. You're not making it down the field unless you get those two pieces right, meaning it is an affordable health plan, and two, you can access what you need. So that's 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 just, that's what I, like I said, like I mentioned, blocking and tackling. You need to fundamentally get that now, right. Now, Tyler, what
1: is it that, you know, when you get feedback from your clients, they're telling you makes you and the Try On group better and great at what you do?
2: So I, I think, again, it's, it's that evolution of HR in that they're tasked with more. And then what they've realized is you have performance management over here you have recruiting over here and then you have benefits over here integrating so one of the things that my my clients have come to me with is I'll make it I'll make it hard hey I I get these papers from X insurance care I get these papers I have to fill it out to my employee. I have to track them manually, just another task in my head. And then I have to scan it into their specific screen. And then I have to do this extra task for all my dental, my vision. So how do you integrate the technology and how do you make it more efficient so that I get rid of manual tasks? So when we look at all the things that need to accomplish, be it hiring, open enrollment, communicating those, those important benefits, enhancements, and also the value adds through the year, because you want to consistently remind people of their benefits and how to access them. It's going through and unbundling everything and looking at this specific piece and this specific piece. And how do we create some basically equity in the approach where you're doing, you're on an equal playing field, and now you're, you're that much more strengthened because your benefits piece now speaks all the way to your recruiting piece and it's full cycle as opposed to creating Tara, various it's silos. pretty clear
1: to me, and I, I do know you a bit, that you have got not just expertise but passion for what it is that you do. And I think we'd all be interested in understanding how you got to this point. What are the things that happened to you personally, professionally that have put you where you are today?
2: Yeah, no, I think I'll start with a personal note, right? Because I think a lot of times we hang our hat on like how good we are professionally, but we don't, we don't reveal who we are inside Uh, and I'll I'll reveal a personal story. So I was driving back uh, from upstate Connecticut, going, going through a red light and was hit by a truck, hit by a truck, spun, and I ended up going to Yale hospital. We were all okay. Everything was good, right? The hospital was five minutes away. You had to take an ambulance, right? Because you, you know, you're hit by a car, go through the CT scans, go through everything. I was hit with a $30,000 bill. Right. And then on top of that, the driver who hit me did not have insurance. So now it goes directly to your car insurance. After your car insurance is very quickly exhausted, you're on the hook for that. Right. So I, I think that for me, that was a very formative experience because, if my employer didn't take care of me and have a strong health plan in place and have someone where I could actually, even though I work in this day in and day out, having someone I could reach out to for billing support and negotiate on my behalf and do all those little things that you don't, you don't involve yourself with, in, it just revealed just the necessity and need and really how that's, that's a subject of circumstance, right? It just so happened I was there on that day at that time doing that thing and that's that's what employees do right they live their lives so it made it it made it very real for me how quickly your your finances could be impacted um, and how quickly health insurance claim costs could just i'm glad
1: things worked out as they have tyler i'm sure a lot of our listeners in the hr and finance function small mid-market companies that you focus on uh how is it that they should get in touch with you to continue the discussion
2: Yeah, no, I I think that you can always use LinkedIn. Tyler's lucky as a starting point. Um, And then from there, it's an email or a phone call, right? So whatever you're most comfortable with, I have resources and content there, but.
1: Super, and we'll put your email and phone number in the show notes, make it easy for people to reach out to you. Now, Tyler, we're now at the favorite part of the show for me because this is where I get to inform you that I want all my guests to give a present and a little gift to our listeners in return for uh, paying attention. So Tyler, not to put you on the spot, what can you do for our listeners of the podcast?
2: Yeah, so if you reference, this is the caveat, if you reference the podcast in your ask, you can have not one, but two presents available to you. Okay. The first one would be a competitive intelligence Present. So, if you want to know exactly how your plans stack up against your competitors and what they're doing, we can run it through and show you line by line your costs compared to your industry and and what you're looking for. The second piece, which I think would be a nice gift if you're interested in the mental health aspect, is we can show you strategic mental health solutions based on just a census. You run a census and you can take this directly to your leadership team and show the support areas that you need to focus on. So instead of trying to do all this analysis on your end, there's two free gifts for you to help you get the ball rolling.
1: So I encourage everybody to reach out to Tyler. Let's overwhelm him a bit with some great questions and great opportunities. I suspect, Tyler, that you will be more than up to the task. I wanna thank you so much for being a guest on our Best Kept Secret podcast. Uh, Until the next time, please reach out to Tyler and I look forward uh, to continuing the discussion with you. Take care, folks.
0: Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead, conversation, and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision-makers? Well, Centricity's Category 1 program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision-makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more.